If you go into any bookstore, you will find shelves that are loaded with parenting books, advice books for parents. They uh, probably uh, number in the thousands, if not the millions. But I have uh, recently taken in hand uh, probably the single best book I have ever read, or certainly the book that if I were a parent, I think I would most want to have on my shelf because it is put together so thoughtfully and uh, with the reader's edification and entertainment uh, in mind. It's a book called Raising a Kid Who Can, Simple Strategies to Build a Lifetime of Adaptability and Emotional Strength, published by Workman. It is the uh, creation of three co-authors, including my morning show guest, Dr. Catherine McCarthy, a Duke-trained child and adolescent psychiatrist who has been doing that sort of work for uh, nearly a quarter of a century. And uh, she and her co-authors also come at this task as parents themselves. So this is a well-grounded, well-researched book, which is uh, also tied in with their real-life experience as parents. The book, again, is Raising a Kid Who Can, Simple Strategies to Build a Lifetime of Adaptability and Emotional Strength. And Dr. Catherine McCarthy, we welcome you to The Morning Show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Greg. It really is a terrific book, and I'll just uh, add once again, I'm, I'm not even a parent, never have been, never will be, but, uh, but I found this book so interesting and, and well put together, and, uh, and unlike a lot of books that are uh, on this topic, which are kind of difficult to penetrate, uh, I, I think yours is just so accessible and readable and so on. It comes as no surprise uh, that in the introduction to the book, uh, you, you and your co-authors mentioned that one of your models uh, was those uh, lovely travel guides of, of Rick Steves. Tell us more about how that was at least in part an inspiration in terms of putting this book together. Oh, yes. I love love Rick Steves. And when opening a travel book like that, you can immediately get a sense of the framework. And because you know we wrote this book, to answer a question that parents ask a lot, you know, which is, if I can only do so much, were the most important things for me to know when I raise my kids. So we took that, like you said, and thank you for such a wonderful introduction. It, all the information that's out there from an evidence base, it's really important to have everything cited perfectly scientifically and research-wise, and we combined it with our stuff from all of our years of experience, and we organized it just like a guidebook. So you can flip it open, drop in and out, and you can find a quick tip for what, you know, you might be challenged with with your kid. Um, there's a lot also for parents, too. And you can read it, as, you know, for what applies to you. Or you can read it from beginning to end. It's, it's organized so that it's super easy on the eyes because a lot of just for us as parents, even though we're professionals, it's even when we look at parenting books, as incredible as the information is, we want to be able to cut to the chase and not feel bad about having this pile on our bedside shelf. Right. I want to ask you about a somewhat provocative line in this uh, uh, introduction or preface, I guess. Oh, you call it the welcome. That's a nice way to put it, actually. Uh, <laughs> but at one point in this, you say, being an effective parent in bad times and good times is simpler than you think. Uh well, yes. <laughs> Tell us what's behind those those words. Well, it, there's just in just a, whether we look at you know how we you know put 
stuff up in the different fields, whether like decorating or here I am talking, you know, could be yammering on. Less can be more. And it's not that this is free range parenting, but to look at, you know, what is what are the most important things? We often say that if you, if you were stuck with the three of us in an elevator, and I don't know why I chose an elevator, but maybe it's because I got stuck in one of my building. You know, if we could only give you an hour or two of our time, what are the most important pieces? And and, and making it ridiculously simple so that in when we're under stress, we, our brain wants to keep things simple. And if we have these major messages and themes knowing that we get hundreds of chances every week. If we do decent enough, maybe more than 50% of the time, not perfect, always get new tries, uh, then that's, that's, that's really, that's, that's fine parenting. Mm. So in a sense, the, the spine of the book, the, the, the central framework of it, centers around 10 essentials. You say, we believe that in order to thrive, every child needs these 10 essentials. First of all, you, you tell us, <laughs> I like the way you put this, these 10 principles did not magically appear to us. It sounds like the, the three of you worked long and hard to assemble this list of the 10 essentials. Tell us more about that. We did, we did, and so we have a nice illustration of the you know, what we call our three lenses. So I'm a child psychiatrist with medical background. Um, Heather Tedesco is a uh, parent uh, psychologist with expertise in the behavioral realm, and Jennifer Weaver is a super talented, one of the greatest child therapists around. And so we 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 looked at all of our common denominators. What are the things that we say all day long in you know, and then what are the pieces that we didn't, you know, we combine our information and that each of us have a, a, a different lens and look at it. We went through parenting book after parenting book, all the research, all the citations, all the, that we use and came up with after calling it backwards, forwards. We stayed on my porch in the pandemic outside for a year, um, even when it was really hot with cicadas. And we had, um, you know, it was cold at times. It was not, not like what you have there, but cold <laughs> enough. And we, we had a whiteboard and we, we had strong feelings about, about, you know, coming through a consensus and we learned tons. Uh, so when we go to conferences, when we look at the research, when we look at our journals, when we look at the leaders in the field, these were the 10 common denominators. It's like the best hit. It's like if we, if we, if we could like have it a, you know, group of mental health professionals in your pocket, which sounds kind of weird now that I said it. <laughs> and it is, and it is a really thoughtfully put together list that I, I, I think is great. And I'm just going to read them quickly. So we believe that in order to thrive, every child needs rest, recreation, and routine, attention skills and self-control, tolerance for difficult feelings, tools to accept and manage anxiety, psychological flexibility, independence, self-motivation, compassion and gratitude, resilience, and the 10th essential, parents and caregivers who strive to embody these essentials too and who embrace that they themselves, just like their children, are works in progress. I suppose that's uh, one of the abiding themes uh, all over your book is that, uh, that notion that uh, none of us is, is a finished product and that parents need to go into the task of parents uh, embracing that, their unfinished state, their, and their need to continue to learn. 
Oh, that's so well said. Um, precisely, because as much as we can say, you know, okay, we're just human, but we really are only human, and allowing kids to to see us as human, not that we're going to dump on them, not that we are going to, like, hang out all our dirty laundry, but in age-appropriate ways to see that, you know, to, to talk out loud, think out loud how we saw things, even if they're ignoring you in the car or they've got their little AirPods on or whatever, that, you know, to, to know that some of it gets in and that we, as we are going through life, you know, making mistakes, learning from them, getting lots of do-overs, that we are human, too. Uh, that 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 piece is really you know it's at the end of the book, but it's it's the one thing we can control as parents and as humans, whether kids or not, we have kids or not, is 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 how we control the controllables ourselves. Mm. We're speaking with Dr. Catherine uh, McCarthy, uh, one of the three co-authors of a wonderful new book called "Raising a Kid Who Can: Simple Strategies to Build a Lifetime of Adaptability and Emotional Strength." Explain to our listeners how each chapter is put together? Well, each chapter is put together, again, just in that travel guide way. It's so predictable. So in the beginning of each chapter, we give you the, you know, the main points, the bottom line. Then we give you the, you know, what is the, why is this important? Why do we pick this? Why is this worth you reading the handful of pages? We give you the science background. It's not, it's not too wordy. I believe that all parents can really understand the why. And I, as stubborn as I am, and even in doctors, you know, often make the worst patients. I need to know the why something's going to go to, you know, work for me if I'm going to do it. So if I go to exercise trainer, I want to know why, how do they know that this doesn't just sound good, but is good. And then we go into, you know, the, the nitty gritty, which is that this is, this is to try, you know, to, and we give some personal examples that are very, um, you know, very human ourselves, of ourselves as parents. But we give you a huge list, even though, again, in a concise way, of the tricks of the trade, what we say all day long. So, again, just like having us with you, and some apply to your kids. Some, your kid is going to look at you with, the, you know, rolling eyes, which is what rolling eyes are made for, is, you know, <laughs> to be able to nonverbally express something appropriate fine fine evolutionary tool um but so that so that we some work some don't you can try them out try them on for size and like, that didn't but it, it's all of our pearls all of our parenting pearls from all of our years mm. and all the research i really uh, appreciate that and it's interesting that, that there's one spread that i especially like which is called playbook pearls in which you yeah. you kind of summarize some of your very very favorite uh, parenting yes. strategies, such as narrate your thought process, uh, in which yes. you kind of speak out loud about, you know, kind of what you're, what you're doing, uh, what you're feeling, why you are doing what you can, and so on, and not expecting your, your kids to kind of read your mind, but to un, un, understand yes. what's going on, and unmasking yourself to, you know, let, let kids know that you are subject to certain hurts or fears or whatever, you don't need to be the all-knowing, always perfect parent. The the last of the pearls is so intriguing to me. Do nothing. You say sometimes <laughs> the absolute hardest and most effective thing to do as a parent is not to do anything at all. There are actually several points in this book when you talk about the whole matter of parental over-involvement. And in yeah. this world in which parents are so tempted to do everything they can yeah. to make their kids successful and to keep them safe. Uh, I think you're saying something really useful here about how parents need to 
balance that with some hands off. Uh, tell us more about what parents need to think about in this regard. Well, um, up by you, not state over um, in Minnesota, big big survey came out um, in a, during during the time that um, this book was you know being published um, that highlighted Minnesota that that really kids even from early age all over the country early age, no matter what background, what, you know, geographic area, uh, that, that they just get pretty spun up, worried about college from little kids on, whether or not that's, you know, a bigger thing in the family. It's just out there, all this information. And so kids worrying and having increased anxiety, not just about school, but just never enough, never enough. So it's understandable that parents want to help their kids feel who are feeling super anxious or stressed whatever it is whether it's that or social sports with with that we you know by educating we feel in some respects the mental health community has to take a step back you know people have been very informed about the mental health crisis there's increasing anxiety depression so understandably parents are on the watch pediatricians on the watch teachers on the watch but at the same time by just swooping in and fixing it and solving it because we want to relieve their distress, we are depriving them of the opportunity to learn that they can sit with it, that they can that they can tolerate it, and they can figure it out mm-hmm. age appropriate. Again, you don't just leave you know a kid who can't find his mom at the bus you know stop. It's, you know seven year old like oh you got a deal. It's age appropriate, but learning to sit with things, learning to tolerate, and to know that no matter what. You can figure out a plan B, and that if you can, know you can cope, then you don't have to be afraid. But but it's it's so hard as a parent, and at the same time, it's the most important thing. There's so many kids that really struggle once they do leave high school, and, and we see so much of this time right around the year of Thanksgiving that um, kids feel like they're just too much all at once. And raising someone who can adapt into this modern world. I mean, goodness gracious, past few years, would we ever have thought that we could get through something like this? You know, if, if we look back, you know, you're going to get through a pandemic. You're going to have kids at home. You're going to have to work from home. You're going to, and then that's only putting, you know, pretty picture on it. There's so much, so much trauma and hardship, but that, but that really come at looking at it backwards. And it's like, yeah, we did. Mm. And that's, that's the un- dealing with uncertainty, tolerating uncertainty. We have this huge opportunity now because we had to deal with uncertainty collectively, and we just had to. Is there going to be graduation? I don't know. Is dad going to be able to come home from the hospital at all? Is he going to have to live there? I don't know. Grandparents? Going to be able to see him next year? I don't know. So being able to tolerate uncertainty, being able to adapt and figure out, flex, pivot, no matter what, those are the powers that allow kids for whatever happens, not just four years from now, but 40 years from now, to be adults who can manage, who can deal. Hmm. Of these 10 essentials, which one do you think has come to you most recently or maybe in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic? Which, which of these essentials is, is sort oh of God. newly uh, important to you? That, that is such a great question. Um, and uh, besides the, you know, the adaptability, being able to flex, just because we see that as now an opportunity because we all had to, it's, is basic. And I've changed my tune about my, the first one of our first one of, of, of just the basics. We call it the three R's, rest, 
recreation routine just just to make it catchy but it's you know resting sleep recreation exercise and you know other kinds of uh forms of movement and you know doing stuff that's not school and routines are structure going back to the basics it's it's is given all the whether kids been through parents been through sleep got really screwed up for a lot of humans in the pandemic and still is adults parents that we got weird sleep stuff. You'd think that would have been better. And also the amount of time we have on screens just got really used to it because, you know, we're just managing. Got it. You know, what else are we going to do? That's the way kids could connect. But so much with the screens being recreation and routine, being creeping into the nighttime, uh, that these fundamentals, because if, you, if your brain isn't, it's just, you know, most complicated piece of living matter in the universe, I think, thus far. If we if we don't have it functioning like our other organs as well, you know, it's it's going to affect everything else. Hmm. So it's the easiest gimme if you just change one thing. Not like you can make your child sleep, but if you just look at how you can slightly adjust, which we got a lot of t- uh, tricks of the trade there, or how we try to encourage not always being at the screens we talk about digital stuff at the end which is so hard because there's just so much you know we're all doing our best we can't make kids do anything can't make other humans but these basics just really took a toll you know toll in all humans of all ages pandemic and it's time to reclaim our brains Mm -hmm. The book, again, is Raising a Kid Who Can, Simple Strategies to Build a Lifetime of Adaptability and Emotional Strength, published by Workman Publishing. One of the authors, Dr. Catherine McCarthy. Dr. McCarthy, thank you for writing this wonderful book, and thank you for joining me today on The Morning Show to talk about it. Best wishes to you. Thank you. It was just an honor. Thanks so much. Happy holidays.